0: Welcome. We are back here for our Bible study for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We're glad you have joined us. My name is Chelsea, joined by Andrew and Paul. And we will begin with the readings, which can be found on the usccb.org website. That's the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops website, usccb.org.
1: Here's the first reading from Isaiah 25. On this mountain the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples a feast of rich food and choice wines, juicy rich food and pure choice wines. On this mountain he will destroy the veil that veils all peoples, the web that is woven over all nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face. The reproach of his people he will remove from the whole earth, for the Lord has spoken. On that day it will be said, behold our God to whom we look to save us this is the Lord for whom we looked let us rejoice and be glad that he has saved us for the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain
0: the responsorial Psalm I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want in verdant pastures he gives me repose beside restful waters he leads me he refreshes my soul I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side, with your rod and your staff that give me courage. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. I shall live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life.
2: A reading from St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, I know how to live in humble circumstances. I know also how to live with abundance. In every circumstance and in all things, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and being of need. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Still, it was kind of you to share in my distress. My God will fully supply whatever you need in accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, glory forever and ever. Amen.
0: A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus again, in reply, spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet, my calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment The king said to him, my friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen.
2: So what we would normally do is take a couple minutes to kind of look over this, but uh, we've already had a chance to do that. Uh, so we'll we'll just jump right in. What do you guys have that's uh, standing out to you from the readings today?
1: I really like this parable in the gospel, um, yeah. just because it's there's, there's there's so much going on, and it yeah. feels like there's I mean all of Jesus's parables have multiple layers, and there's a lot going on there, mm-hmm. but this one especially, it just seems like it's there's there's like there's just so much going on, and oh, the uh, and it applies to all sorts of different people, and you can see a lot of different people kind of all throughout. So that's something that definitely want to look into.
2: I think it reminds me of last week where we had this, the servants and the tenants in the vineyard and the different characters that were sent into the vineyard. And then finally we have the son being sent into the vineyard mm-hmm. uh, and how all those people responded. Actually, I heard a, a really great homily from a priest at Notre Dame uh, who broke down like who the roles of all of those people were and then retold the story with you knowing who Jesus is intending for these cast members of this story, so to speak. And I think that that made it kind of interesting. So I think we would probably do the same thing here, right? Like we know who the king is, right? We know that that's God. And we know that the wedding feast for the son, that's Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And then you you go further into it, right? So, so who are the servants? There's most likely the prophets, right? And then the people that are being invited first are God's chosen people, the Israelites. And then he he tries to find another way after they refuse to participate. He tries to find another way to bring them in, right? And they refuse to participate again to where finally it's like, you know what? My people are not listening. Let's go get everybody, mm-hmm. right? Which we know is the mission of Jesus Christ, like right? so to reach the ends of the earth. It wasn't just for uh, the Jews, it also became available to the Gentiles and to the Romans, it just spread yeah. across the world, right, to the point we're at now. So I think when you reread it, knowing who the characters are more specifically, mm-hmm. that it, it kind of enlightens things uh, for you a, a little.
0: I think this gospel also reminds me very much of, um, I guess it's another, do you say parable? um of like are we if someone knew the hour that the thief was coming they would lock the doors of their house um and it's like are we prepared for jesus coming um and like why would we show up to the wedding feast without the proper attire like we wouldn't we would never do that you wouldn't i always like to say i go somewhere overdressed rather than underdressed um but the guy that, you know, came there um, without, a, a, without a wedding garment. Um, and we're all invited, but are we, are we prepared for what awaits us? Um, many are invited, but few are chosen. But, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's an that's a, a interesting connection, right? So the, the one character we're not giving kind of a role to is this last guest that you know the man that was not dressed in the in the wedding garment is how did you how is it that you came here because even though they're pulling these people off of the streets it doesn't sound like they were pulling people off of the streets dressed and ready for a banquet right. which means there must have been some sort of preparation mm-hmm. and this person didn't care enough about what was going on to actually do that right and so we apply we always try to apply the readings to our lives um, and and how they fit into what we're doing right now and of course you have We are now the invited guest. We are now the ones who are here. We're now the the ones that get to greet the king and be there for the king's son who is doing this. But are we preparing ourselves? Right. And so, what that means is not like, are you wearing your Sunday best to mass? It's, are you taking what's happening in the mass and then applying it to the other six days Mm of the week? Right. The other 166 hours outside of this building that you have in a week like how are you uh, how are you worshiping the king how are you mm-hmm. showing respect to the son right and and that's what it's talking about here it's not talking about like do you show up for mass dressed appropriately as right. much as is your heart ready your heart to heart receive ready. the eucharist and then are you ready to go out and bring christ to other people mm-hmm. um and how are you doing that uh right and, then, and it does I think you're right it goes back to the parable of like if the if the master had known the hour the thief was coming yeah. he would have been prepared um, but no one knows right the rest of that is mm-hmm. that no one actually knows the time uh, except for the father himself uh, so right absolutely how do we prepare ourselves uh, and how are we how are we being uh, the guests that are there and are there for the right reasons Mm -hmm. and doing the right things. I think this also shows uh, salvation is not something that is just an automatic uh, uh, gift that is like, okay, well, you know, because Jesus died on the cross, the job is done. It's, well, wait, you still have to actively work on this relationship mm-hmm. you know it's not like a, a one and done thing that 2,000 years ago because this happened we don't even have to try anymore we just do whatever we mm-hmm. want no 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 you still have to come prepared uh, for, the, for the wedding banquet the wedding feast and of course that uh, is something that ties directly into what we're reading in Isaiah with uh, the feast of rich food and choice wines which are provided to who? all people
0: all people right? Yep. Absolutely. So. I think that relationship you talk about is a relationship of trust. Um, and, like, it says in the gospel, like, they, those invited weren't worthy. And we're all invited. I don't think any of us are worthy. But by his blood, you know, in receiving him, we're made worthy. Um, but it's, you know, also talked about in Philippians of um, – that trust with the father of like I can do all things who strengthens me but knowing that like through his strength like we can live and my god will fully supply whatever you need um and i've really been challenged to like trust the lord lately and just having conversations with my housemates of like different things that have gone on in their lives and one of them does it really really well and i'm like how to just becoming more trusting of what of the lord's provisions and what he's gonna provide and she's like i just ask him for what i need and i'm like if he doesn't provide it okay guess it's not what i'm supposed to do you know and sometimes it's easier than others but it's just knowing like um saint paul of just knowing that god will fully fully supply like whatever's needed
1: i think along those lines also with the psalm of just psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd shall want nothing um Mm -hmm. And then in the, the first reading as well, we I feel like, and this is just me growing up as well, Like I used to read that as like God's gonna take care of me and give me the things I need to like survive. That is, I have a house to live in, I have food and whatever. And that is, I mean, it's, it's part of it, but also um, it's been a really interesting change over time to see just how much that has expanded beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that even if those things are gone, um, The really important stuff that is being described here is actually joy and peace and eternal salvation and Mm -hmm. and those are things that i guess maybe i appreciate more now than i used to or i don't know but um it's there's so much more going on here than just like god's not gonna let you starve Um, it's 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 a whole lot more than that
2: yeah and i think that ties perfectly into what paul's talking about as well i know that you know, we've talked about in past Bible studies. Paul does these little humble brags sometimes, um, but I don't. I you know, even though that this that is very much what this seems like on the surface, I do think what it what he's saying in all of this is, if if I'm living in humble circumstances, I know that I'm with God. If I'm living with abundance, I know that it's because of God. You know that I know that if if uh, being well fed means that God has given me this bountiful blessing, and that if I'm going hungry, mm-hmm. then it's my turn to turn those blessings into uh, blessings for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that Paul understood once he was introduced to that relationship with Christ that God was there, even when he wasn't willing to recognize who he was, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't willing to recognize that Jesus was the Messiah. That doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't actively working in his life. And now that he understands that, he's trying to do his best to give that relationship to other people. Right? It's not just, you're going to put a roof over my head and you're going to feed me. It's, I'm going to put a roof over your head and I'm going to feed you and I want you to have joy and happiness in your life. And even when those things don't happen, I'm still here. I'm not going to change. Um, And I think that's where we get kind of lost in... some of what Paul's saying, I'm like, wait a second. Because again, remember, the audience that he's talking to is probably men who were used to the lives of abundance because of their role in the military uh, in, in Rome during these times. They were very well taken care of. And so he's probably preparing them that, like, if you're going to be a follower of this Christ figure, it's not going to be easy. But I can, the, the strength that I get is from him, not from this, this outside. Source or even my own inner strength—it's it's God in me, um, and that no matter what, if you're in a relationship with Christ, you are in a relationship that it will be bountiful and good. So, yeah.
1: and I think too, just looking at that sort of thing, you can say, "Well, my life's a mess right now. Like, where where's all that at the moment?" Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it comes back to like what sort of. Thing is, Christ providing us. What sort of thing are we being offered here? Yeah. Is it happiness in the sense that we tend to think about it, or is it? Um, and is it going to happen today? Probably not either of those, although maybe. Um, but He sustains us along the way, of course. But ultimately, our hope is in the resurrection and the eternal yeah. life. And uh, and Isaiah talks about um, the day when all of this will happen. Uh, and it's it's a day that hasn't come yet, but we know it's coming. We. Right. Our, our peace and our hope now is based on the fact that that will happen. Yeah, I love in Isaiah where it says the Lord God will
2: wipe away the tears from every face uh, and that it will destroy death forever. And we know that Jesus, of course, did that. He, he took death and he, he destroyed it. Uh, and I, I think the more we understand that, the more we're going to understand that the Lord uh, will wipe away tears from every face, right? Like, the, there'll be no more fear. there would be mm-hmm. no more sadness. It's, it's, okay, I understand that death has been destroyed by Jesus um, and that there is, there is no fear and no sadness in that. So, yeah. Well, we thank you for joining us again this week. This is, again, the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We hope you join us for uh, Mass this Sunday. And we will be with you again next week. God bless.